is the Moon Tower Podcast with your host, Ian Hubbard. And we're back, folks. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great holiday, whichever holiday you were celebrating. Nate, how was yours, whichever one you were dead? Uh, not as uh, chronic-filled as I would have anticipated, but, you know. I was going to say, when I got when I got here, we were chit-chatting about it, and about how, like, the more you more you celebrate 420, and the more you just yeah. partake in general. I don't know. Just I feel like, like I was just too poor to do it like, <laughs> the way I would have wanted to. I, I couldn't buy that quarter like I used to, but... Like, dude, I would have bought, like, a quarter, an extra quarter to make, like, butter and, like, batch of brownies and, you know, made a space cake, you know? That's what if that happened? Do, <laughs> do you still, do you, I mean, with the advent of uh, the pens that we have now, do you still know anyone that has, like, vaporizers? Because I, I knew cats that would bring, like, their, like, their vaporizer that looked like a fucking, uh, old school box oh uh, yeah it's like, like the volcanoes and shit like that mm-hmm. like the weird like uh yeah like the desk uh vapes like a little like a uh, fucking potentiometer on there you could adjust like how high you get i <laughs> i don't know anything about that the one the my my dude l would bring over it would literally look like an old like snooze box uh time uh clock yeah yeah you know, like, meh, meh, like the really annoying sound uh, alarm. It, yeah, that's yeah. what it looked like. It had a couple nozzles, couple hoses, and then that was it. And you just yeah. you, you set the bud and just let it fire and let it simmer. Yeah. It. I had one for a while. It was like uh, the one where you could like fill out the bags. Like that thing was pretty cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. I and I got like a little like portable guy. It's like a lot smaller than uh, you know like your volcano or whatever you want to you know. See what it cut like that stuff. I'm like. I, I appreciate the, uh, the the keeping up to date of it, and some someone sitting around like, I wonder if we just took that and then did this and some probably some failed out engineer major, but it always reminds me of that part in Grandma Boy where Alex is Dante is showing him all the fucking all, all those strands that he has. He's like, yeah. dude, I just want a bag of fucking weed. <laughs> That's all I want. It's like here's sixty bucks. Bring in R. Kelly. <laughs> Stay away from my face. <laughs> like, just bring, bring it to the face. Oh, but, yeah. No, I just, I was talking with, uh, chit-chatting with a lady friend. Like, we were hanging out and whatnot. She she has the pen. And that thing is, she's always on it all the time. It's awesome. Yeah. She always has it around. And I'm just. I'll say them Cardi boys are very convenient for what it, they what they do. But The best part is they don't uh, smell. Yeah, that too. It, it, it smells a little minty at first, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah, no, they're stealthy as shit. They, yeah, they smell like herbal more than like you know like chronic. Yeah, you know? I'll I'll be I'll be walking to and from work or wherever I'm going. There's always someone out just filling the avenue with that, and you don't see smoke; you just smell the scent. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of like dudes that like you know add like the flavors or whatever, so it'll smell like strawberry or blueberry, or whatever. Oh yeah, no, that that's what'll do it is uh I'll be walking along and then all of a sudden my spidey senses, my scooby senses will kick in and I got my snout in the air and I'm like, Where is it? Where is it? Where where where? And it'll it'll be the same like four by four like rolling by and I'm like, All right, six thirty in the in the evening. You just got off work probably. <laughs> You've been waiting to burn that motherfucker all day. Yep. 
But no, it's funny how that that's one of those holidays, if you want to quantify it as a holiday, where like, you know, 15, 16, when you probably first start smoking, average age, probably 14, all the way up to probably, I'll push it to about 23. I'll, I'll give 23 yeah. like the, the, the nth age, uh, for people who, because you know, some, some start late. You know, it's like sex or booze or uh, learning a craft or picking up a hobby or an interest or whatever. You know, some people start late. I dig it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So like twenty three is like probably like the last age. Like if you if you're if you're partying with Mary Jane, where you're like, oh, four twenty. You're like, I'm calling this person. I'm picking up this. And we're we're gonna do this, yeah, and we're yeah. just gonna watch this, and blah blah blah. And then, like after that, you're just like, oh, it's, oh, it's February second. All right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just becomes like a <laughs> pretty, pretty much a habitual thing, and not habitual in the whole like, I need it, man. Because no, people, it, it should be something that's celebrated, honestly. But you well, know. it's you know, it, it should be a, uh, it's it, sh- it should always be a not a rite of passage, a not a celebration or a, a culmination of being rain dance or like, yeah, exactly. It's like. <laughs> It's like Mary, I want you to be here right now with me, you know, just right now for a few I, hours. Yeah, I love you, I really do. Don't let me get the shotgun. I don't know why. <laughs> why do we get southern? I don't know. It just it just diverts that way. Literally, as the it voice. Be our divination. I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, either four twenty or Easter. We hope you had a good holiday. Um, I actually end up going over for Easter dinner to the, the lady friend's house. Nice. Which is kind of cool because her parents, they're, I don't know if they're religious and I don't know if they believe in in the good Lord and his son, Jesus Christ and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, she was telling me, she's like, yeah, they don't celebrate the holiday. They just use it as an excuse to have people over and cook yeah. a fat meal. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Where? I mean, it's already established, and a lot of people get that weekend off, so why the hell not? I mean, if you have that and then a bunch of all this, like, awesome foods on sale, then, yeah, I'd, I'd use that opportunity. And <laughs> I, I am I am curious, and I think I said this in, I said this last week in context of knowing how many people who show up to church that day are actually priesters or people who go yeah or people just want like a free dinner or something yeah <laughs> i'm curious to know like people who celebrate said holidays like that who just do it for the sake of like all right you know it's a holiday i don't really believe in this stuff so call it's five a good excuse people. to eat a lot of candy so you know oh dude there was one time <laughs> oh man i, I don't know how oh, fuck i should have said this last week anyway uh i think it was when my dad was a sunday school teacher when i was a kid Mm-hmm. I mentioned that in a previous episode. I ate so much candy before going to church. I got sick. I got like physically sick at church. I didn't throw up. I got home and as soon as I fucking my foot touched inside the house, bolted upstairs and just Bleh! like we had to skip yep. out. Of, we had to skip out of the main service early, and because I was just like ate so much chocolate and because that was literally all I had all day. I didn't have, like, a breakfast or anything. Yeah, it's like yeah, straight sugar right off the bat. Straight up. And just spent the rest of the day just, like, all strung out. All, tw- like, 12-year-old, yeah. like, 14-year-old strung out, like, uh, <laughs> in bed, like, playing uh, 
some version of like Tank Wars on Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, see, the way you got to do it is you got to pace yourself throughout an entire day. Because I did that one year. It's like I ate my entire bag of Easter candy, but I had a good breakfast, and then I just like ate a little bit all throughout the day. See, I <laughs> I really went about the Easter candy because it, it it never compared to the Halloween candy. Never did. Just be, I mean, just the whole thing with like old scary movies, three in the morning, just a big pile of Reese's and snickers and paydays and god knows whatever else mr mr good bar and crackle <laughs> that that poe ass candy <laughs> my, my favorite were the cadbury eggs you can never go wrong with the cadbury i was egg. never a fan of those really i never liked the filling oh never dude. liked the filling and i i i didn't like it either at first but like it i don't know like there's something like it's just like so like sweet I think, as opposed to like the chocolate, which isn't as sweet, and it just kind of like combines. And stuff. Oh, see, I, I liked I liked how sweet the chocolate was. I think, actually, now that I think about it, I used to tongue out the uh, the filling mm-hmm. and spit it out and eat the chocolate. And I yeah. think that's how why I'm so good at eating pussy. Okay, fair enough. So there, there you, you can you know there's a correlation. You can, you can there. thank Cadbury eggs for that. There's a correlation there. You know, you get the tongue twisting a certain way. You get the geometry going. You know, forty five degree angle. You know, diving in. You got to find the right spot for it, et cetera, et cetera. You follow me? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where that's where it might have came from. There was a great, that reminds me, there was a great uh, bit from uh, Sam Kennison where he was going on the spiel about how, you know, the whole uh, stereotype about guys not being able to go down on a chick and find the spot and, you know, do the duty and do their tour south of the border. And he's going on this whole thing like, like we don't get a manual, we don't we don't get shit. You know the government doesn't send us anything. He's like, <laughs> it's like guys, did you, how'd you find out? And he's like, do you have to find out on your own? And everyone's like, yeah, yes, of course we have to find out on our own. And he's like, and women won't tell us. Like, blah blah blah. Like, women, if you told us, well, we guys, if if they told us, we would do it. And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, fucking tell us. And he fucking gave a great, actually a great piece of advice for anyone listening, for any dude struggling with this at all, or if you're just getting into the sport. I'm not saying I'm a Casanova, but I will give you, I will, I, will, I want to send this out as a late holiday blessing for you. He said, uh, you know, most guys are down there and they're, it's like they're painting a fence, like, ah, 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 like broad strokes, mm-hmm. you know, they're not really hitting anything. He's like, next time you really want to please your woman, you want to blow her, blow her mind and give her the time of her life and blah, blah, blah. He's like, lick the alphabet. Okay. He's like, he's like lots of capital T's and W's. <laughs> he's like, lick the alphabet. And while she's, she's up there just screaming her, screaming her head off, you'll be down there going A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> oh shit. Sam was right. Sam was right. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I will say that it does work. I, I prefer um, capital B's, capital V's, and an X, either lowercase or uppercase, doesn't matter. I will say that. But, hello folks. Now that that tutorial's over. <laughs> Join uh, us next week for uh, yes. this other is little... stimulating facts. <laughs> <laughs> On next week's episode, you can find out what to do with your thumb. Stick it up your ass. <laughs> Stick it up your ass. <laughs> up your ass, because you did it all for the nookie. I still need my cookie. Yeah. 
fucking Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst should fucking open a bakery and just call it that and just serve out cookies to the people he promised. That was a bad joke. That, that one <laughs> fell. That, oh, that fell flat. We're going to keep that in, though. No, I feel like he could have offered that as, like, a secondary service. Like, the people who want a cookie shoved up their ass, they can get that. Yeah, when the rap game fell off? Yeah. Why the hell not? That should have been a side gig, dude. That should have been, like, his, his investment gig. Speaking of music, Nate, you're going to a show tomorrow. Why don't you tell the folks what show it is? Oh, yeah. Because I know you're very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're uh, Me and my buddy Chris with a C, not a Clark K. McGlark. Yeah. Ah, yes. Clark, old Clarky. Old Clark McGlark. That, 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 that reporter who got eaten in the winter of uh, yeah, he's 2018. Back. They, didn't, they didn't take his bones, though. Ah, they didn't take his bones away. Mm-mm. That was, that was their mistake. Because he's bad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going and seeing, uh, what is it, uh, a tour over in uh, Grand Rapids. It's like uh, Revocation, Dying Fetus, uh, Whitechapel, and Fallujah. I think uh, Whitechapel's headlining the whole thing. And why don't you tell us about these bands, Nate? Because I barely know what you're talking about. Oh, shit. Well, Rev- Revocation's pretty cool. They're like thrashy, death metal sort of stuff. Where are they from? Uh, United States. What part? Uh, uh, Massachusetts, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where many of these bands are from. I just like you know hit them up on the radio and like, oh hey, I like this shit. Where are you seeing them at? Um, what is the place called? Fuck. Uh, let's let's look it up. Oh shit, where's my phone? I don't know. They're playing at a place in Grand Rapids. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a city. We're going to it. We're going to get our ears blown out. Hopefully, it'll be a good time. See, I like going into the show knowing as little as possible. <laughs> you just show up at the door. I have a ticket. I have a ticket. Do Melt you know my face is? off. Is this the Philharmonic? No, I'm still here. Melt my face off. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> I've am i been piping about it for the last couple of days. I'm very excited, very excited. Uh, less than two weeks, we've seen Tool again in, in the Louisville's. That, that came hey, through. Hopefully, yeah, the Greyhound yeah. will do me some service to get my ass down there on time. But I'm sure we'll get down there. It'll happen. It'll be a good time. Uh, my dude, Nick, actually, who I'm seeing the show with, uh, he shoots uh, freelance photography, uh, concert footage, concert photography, excuse me, for the uh, Weekly Leo, or Leo Weekly, whichever one it is, in Louisville. Okay. It's like the city paper here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he got approval. He received approval to shoot one song for them. That's so I, dope. I'm actually like really happy for him. That's gonna be fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then four, if, four days before that, seeing a television at the L Club in Detroit. Never been to the L Club. The neighbor tells me they have great pizza. He saw a pussy riot there. With his yeah, boyfriend yeah, last, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we, last uh, year. yeah, we did a show with them like the day after they got back. No, it was the night. It was the second no, oh, episode. Oh, yeah, it was the night of, yeah. The second episode. Oh, yeah. Good times. And, uh, be seeing them. Uh, big fan. If, quick album review. If you have not heard the album Marquee Moon from television, came out in 1977, and I believe their original lineup, it's a classic of, you know, post-punk but it's not new wave and it's very kind of improvisational loose kind of pop rock but it's it's definitely got an edge to it it's a tremendous album the 
title track is over 10 minutes long. It's one, it's, it literally is a fantastic, fantastic track. Marquee Moon from television. If you haven't heard it, do yourself a favor. Sit down for 45 minutes and get your brains blown out because it's fucking amazing. It really is a great album. So there's that. I got fucking Willie Nelson tickets, dude. Yeah. About to go see Willie if he lives. <laughs> I imagine I imagine he's pretty well preserved at this point. He is. I, I think he's. <laughs> I can. See, I honestly can see that dude reaching a hundred. Yeah. I really can. I, I hope he does. I, I hope, hope he. he I just hope he makes hundred and two. I I just hope he makes it to August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's coming to the Huntington I, Center. I have, good, I have a good feeling. I I do too. He's coming to the Huntington Center. Uh, the week before we're. Fingers crossed, seen Maiden, Iron Maiden. Yeah. But I still got to get tickets for that and find, figure out the whole ride situation because it is to Sensi and that ride to Sensi can be a biatch. Yep. Especially once you're in Sensi. If you haven't been through Cincinnati, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, if you live in Cincinnati and you love Cincinnati, God bless you. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> hey, at least it ain't New Jersey. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah, you can be in a lot worse places, that's true. But no, I got tickets to see uh see Willie Nelson. I had to do it, man, because uh the neighbor tagged me in a Facebook post uh when it first came out. It was like uh, two couple weeks ago. And I'm like, damn, I gotta do it. I I missed it the last couple of times because I had to work or whatever. And just because and I have to admit I'm not like the biggest fan, but I respect the hell out of him. Like I, yeah, do, yeah. I do enjoy his music and I do have listened to a uh, like, few albums of his I don't listen to him often but at the same time it's like Johnny Cash kicked off before I even realized who he was right you know yeah Merle Haggard fucking kicked off and I'm still ugh it still it still grinds my gears cause uh it was in, he was playing the Stranahan and I found out the day after the show oh. I saw him in the city paper and I just got Meh whack but and then like Waylon Jennings and whatnot but like Willie's like the last of them so I, I gotta see I saw Steve Earl which I was still wicked happy about that was last year but I gotta see Willie so I'm really hoping for a good show no it'd be great to see him just because like like I said I'm even if I'm not the biggest fan but because he's like kind of like the last monument from a bygone era like when country music or music, I guess in general, seemed dangerous. Seemed, and I, it's. Uh, I don't mean to wax nostalgia or anything, but the whole outlaw country movement, move, the whole outlaw country movement thing that he was a part of with like, you know, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, uh, Merle Haggard, the you know whatever name you want to throw in the uh, Billy Joe Shaver, uh, David Allen Coe, all those cats, like they were kind of like the last, like sort of rabble rousers, even early Charlie, Charlie Daniels talking about being a long haired hippie. Yep. <laughs> long, long hair country boy was one of his better songs from back in the day. You know, David Allen Coe had the first rated X album. Oh, shit. it was banned from country radio because all of his songs were talking about dope and like, he had one song that was called Fucking in the Butt. Okay. And, you know, don't bite the dick that fucks you, honey. You, you got to learn to suck it funny. Well, I learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> and you, it's on YouTube now, but it, 
they were the last kind of like controversial figures in in that realm of of music and in, in country music and you know it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see him just you know even if he is a old relic but at the same time he's still doing what he's doing is because that's who he is and i think that's as far as that era of music was to me the most controversial part of uh those performers was that they weren't performers that yeah. was them you know they lived mm -hmm. that life they talked about life in their songs you know steve earl was another case an, another great case that came later in the 80s where he talked about you know being on the road being uh, addicted to drugs being you know wild women and crazy stories and you know just life and i think that's as, as far as i think music in general to start with finds that controversy when people are just honest and real like regardless of whatever uh, arena you're playing or regardless of whatever area of music that you're playing in you know if, if you're real about it that's the scariest thing to people because then oh, yeah, then definitely. it creates sort of a reflection like they're like in hip-hop or rap right now like there's the whole bias and backlash against trap music which yeah. also happens to be some of the most popular music on the planet you know these you know trap trap artists are selling out arenas left and right it's bled into once again it's bled into country music it's called hick hop it's the dumbest oh, shit God. ever like you want to talk about fucking cultural appropriation trap beats with fucking cracker ass city boys like i got my pickup truck like dude seriously that sounds terrible like <laughs> you're barry from the inner city shut the fuck up and like, that was out of barry my imagination until you said that now i'm mad it's a true story. Like, so, yeah, like thanks, the, Ian. Well, well like the, <laughs> the latest hit, the Lil Nas X with Billy Ray Cyrus, the old dirt road or old town road or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because people rallied to have that taken off the country church because it wasn't country, even though that's the way country's going, you know, for instance. But getting back to the point is that, you know, a lot of these trap artists that are selling big right now, like for instance, uh, my brother, he's way into that stuff. Like, it's, I'm, I'm not even novice. I, I'm like dipping my toe into the, into the pond to see what comes up, you know. So he's like, like played for me and, and shared like a bunch of like Suicide Boys and little, uh, little Pump, little Peep before he died. Um, God, who else? Fucking like Don Trip and like a whole whole mess of cats are just blowing up okay and but at the same time like they're being real about it like the lyrics are pretty heavy even if the beats and the and the beats follow up too but but they're being honest and i think that's one of, but one of the things is like someone like Lil pump where you know the whole controversy kind of resides behind is that all his shit is just, it's just party music it's just it's being ignorant you know, it's, it's being stupid. It's being dumb. It's just like, like elevated doors or whatever the fuck it is. Like the song he has is like Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Like just saying that a million times. Like yeah. it, it's just it's kind of making a mockery of the whole thing, which is why I like how people are getting pissed off about it because it's, I feel like those guys like know what they're doing. It's like, well, people are buying it, so we're selling no. This it. cat's like fucking <laughs> nineteen years old, eighteen, yeah. nineteen years old, just being a fucking just having just having a blast. That's all he's doing. 
just being a dumbass. Yeah. For no reason other than I got the chance. I'm going to take, like, the fucking cash me outside chick. Yeah. Like, people were all getting all pissed off about that. And you're just like, what do you expect? What do you expect? If I was her, I would do the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. Like, thanks, Dr. Phil. You fucking boosted my career. And actually, if you, there's a, she, uh, there's a bad baby, I guess. Bad Bobby. Yeah. Babby. Whatever fucker, how you pronounce her name. Sounding real white right now. (laughs) But we are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll admit it. I'm just, it's something to talk about. We are quite white. Quite white. But the track that she put out is, it's pretty smoking. It's not bad. As the kids say, it's fire. (laughs) <laughs> lit fam lit fa- straight up AF <laughs> but lit AF but well. I, I yeah I found that you know as far as performer wise when it's even when when it's real and by re- not real but like oh I got the struggle I got this I got that no just being real as far as like the approach you know you know for, for like I said a little pump all this stuff is is just party music yep there's no like you're not gonna go to his read his lyrics and be like Oh man, man, I feel what that motherfucker's saying, man. Yeah. It's right here. You know, I I lived through that. I know what that is. I know what that's like. Yeah. No. <laughs> man, granted, I'm a fan of Andrew WK, but like you know, there's like you know, it should be boundaries. And that, that's what <laughs> that's why I've always said like like for instance like not not to take it back x amount of years, but like when Ludacris was big. Yeah, yeah. And people were bitching about that. I'm just like, look, Ludacris honestly is really no different than ACDC. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good. That's as far as the approach, right there. Now you know there's the guitars and bass versus the the mix table and blah blah blah. But like, but, you know, yeah, you the know, approach analogs, is like, I guess you could say, yeah. or whatever. It's just like I'm, but the approach is fucking sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, bump the roof off, blow it out, fucking have a good time, do what you're doing. It's party music. You know what I'm saying? But then. Which reminds me, if, if I'm going to reel off any of these names as far as the rap trap game or whatever, I got to give a shout out to Juicy J. Juicy J has been a fucking dog at it for oh. over two decades. The Three Sex Mafia, solo stuff, his features, all that stuff. The dude, that dude I'll, I'll vouch for. Him and yeah. Danny Brown especially. Like, cause oh, yeah, they, man. Ju- juice Juice can keep the juice. Because they are, they're just, they're whatever they do is just buck wild. And I, I will say, I do appreciate that. <laughs> Once again, the approach. And one of the funniest things I've seen, especially like coming from what little I've seen, like posting on Facebook or social media about, say, like the, the rap community or whatever, is, you know, people getting pissed off about, you know, the whole trap uh, surgeons. Yeah, yeah. And the popularity and mumble rappers or whatever. Uh, and, yes. Lil Yachty. And, 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 <laughs> whoever. Like, is, is like the whole thing is like, it's self-censorship in a way because fans of music of whatever genre of music have always done that oh yeah have always and it's so funny because it's always the kind of like the turning of the tide regardless of whether each way is good or bad you know like like the they call them old heads now in in the rap game i guess okay and it's like you know cats are like oh fucking tupac and biggie and blah 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 and you know, stuff back in the day, you know, back in the day, back, it's always back in the day. Granted, that's kind of like what I like. I mean, I, I like, I know some of the newer dudes, like, I don't know, like Action Bronson and shit like that, I guess, but, you know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dipping my toe in. I'm, 
I start with the old stuff, not because I think it's like better or you know that was the shit. I just don't know, so I always yeah, I always yeah. go with the old to the new. But it's always funny. I, I call it the PMRC crowd, and it happens in every genre of music. And sometimes it'll bleed over into like there's smaller and smaller pockets of people like that in say uh, like fans of film or literature. Yeah, yeah, or whatever one of the seven or eight lively arts but music it's always seemed has been you know literature was for a while but music for the most part you know those pockets of people that piss and moan because something that's coming out that's you know resurging or excuse me that's coming out as new is not what they had and not what they don't like the sound of it and they don't like this they don't they don't talk about anything. They don't address anything. The I sound like is change. Too, you know, same thing happened to <laughs> disco. Same thing happened to yep. punk. Same thing happened to heavy metal. Same thing happened, to, like I said, in country music. Same thing in classical. Fucking, they wanted to burn uh, Nicholas and Nicolo Paganini. They basically wanted to burn him at the stake because they he, they thought he was summoning the devil. Yeah, with yeah, his playing yeah. Playing in uh, the 1760s. What, what do you call 60s it? 60s or 50s. Tritones, mm-hmm. yeah. If you use tritones in music, yeah, that was, that was the, uh, the devil's interval. And he was yeah. playing, uh, <laughs> I, I believe it Black was Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, essentially, yeah. Uh, I think it was cello was his main instrument, and the sounds, and he and he had long, long curly hair, and he'd be on stage, basically headbanging, and fucking just getting into it, and fucking just you know doing whatever basically doing the early version of fucking Eddie Van Halen yeah Django Reinhardt if you well, go that didn't old. like Yngwie Malmsteen do like a lot of Pagnini though I wanna say I don't know I yeah. I gave up on that fucker a long time I, I ago I saw that dude at uh, Sweetwater Gear Fest and yeah it was it, it's exactly what you think it's gonna be that's another thing <laughs> well yeah that's an, and that's another small little pocket uh, I've noticed too is people you know talking about guitar playing mm-hmm. or uh, how like instrument playing in general like you know especially with guitar less so drums or bass you know i there's so much big argument about not necessarily what the proper style but like and it goes it's a subjective argument you know it's between tastes oh yeah and let me let me tell you guitar players are fucking elitist as shit they're the worst they are they are the worst No, no, you, here's the difference. You play guitar. You're not a guitarist. And fair I, enough, I, fair I, don't, I don't mean to demean your no. talent or skill or anything. No, I, I, I respect not, that sentiment. You don't have that fucking, <laughs> you didn't take that next step up and be like, hi, I'm going to be a dick. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a good way to have a good time. Like, you know, like shit, it's life. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's musically, it's one of the easiest ways to get laid, just whip out a guitar. Eh, I can't say that my guitar player's ever got me laid. Grant, I'm, I'm one of those guitar nerds, so that might be part of the equation. So, do you? Uh, how many acoustic guitars do you have? Two. That that's the thing. You got to tune those bad boys up. Get some hot ladies over here and just whip that bitch out. I don't care if you got to play Wonderwall or fucking Sublime. You do what you got to do to get that okay. fucking D wet, baby. I I don't know if I would like freak anybody out with a twelve string. Like that's that's a lot of you might get that you might get that one classical broad that's like ooh twelve string this man's going the extra step. Mayhem, mayhem. You do that. You do do a little sweep, do a little roll, little pick and roll with the thumb. I I used to I used to play classical in college, so 
You whip out you whip out a little classical guitar playing in front of a bra with uh, short brown haircut and glasses. Maybe a little red top. You got yourself a fucking money maker. That's very specific criteria, but I'll see if I can make that happen. You can generalize. (laughs) Come on, man. Have a little creativity. (laughs) Fuck. Okay, okay. Well, no. uh, That's always been kind of a a curiosity to me as far as music is. And it's not, it's usually not controversies as far as. You know, this is shocking. This person did this. This person recorded this. This person released this. It's more like a mix of... It's, it's self-controversy because it's prompted from the listener. It's always yep. stuff that people are like, they're shouting about this. They're pointing their finger about this. Yeah. They're mad about because they said... like, And I referenced the PMRC. I call it the PMRC people. The whole Tipper Gore story about listening to Darlin' Nick or walking in on her daughter, six-year-old daughter or whatever listening to Darling Nikki from Purple Rain and reading the lyrics. And obviously a lot of it has to do with a woman's sexual desires. And she was masturbating to magazines, you know, and yeah, wanting to fuck and getting all in cahoots about it and starting that whole board, which a uh, uh, quick shout out. If, uh, once again, the, there's the holy trinity trinity the unholy trinity and what i call the unreasonable trinity yeah frank yeah. zappa john denver and d fucking snyder <laughs> okay you ever see you ever seen those hearings no dude okay so that you, comes from a guy who owns frank zappa records you, you know fucking, <laughs> you know about the pmrc right back in the 80s yeah the whole, oh yeah the whole yeah, yeah. Filthy, oh, yeah yeah filthy list and i feel like judas priest is a big part of that they had um like later but yeah no no that was I think they had, they had a, they had one or two songs on the list, but that whole trial was like 1990. Okay. And the yeah. P, the PMRC oh, thing was like yeah. 85. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did a little. 84. I actually did a little reported about that in like in high school. In long it, time ago. The PMRC <laughs> thing is what led to the parental advisory labels. Yeah. On on records. All right. So they're holding their hearings. They're going over the songs, you know. And this is even I. It's at the cusp of, if not before, the whole uh, secret message in the records. Yeah, thing, yeah. Which back is back masking and all that. Which is show. what the priest yeah. and Ozzy thing was about. Yep. Um, and they, I, I don't know what the whole thing was with calling. If they called musicians to bring forth testimony or test or uh, bring testimony against what they were trying to put forward. Because they were trying to push for like a ban, like on certain records, like take certain songs out of records, but still sell the record. I think. Yeah, correct yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm I wrong. Mean, anyone out there? Honestly, that I mean, worst comes to worst, that would have been like the best for them too, because they're probably getting paid out in some degree. Well, to jump forward, uh, there was an interview when they were talking about this. It was on VH1 or whatever, and they're talking Nikki Six, bass player from Motley Crue, where he said like. He's, they when they made the announcement that they're going to that they settled on the parental advisory stickers, mm-hmm. he's like, "That's great. We're yeah. just going to sell more records." You know, that's a good point because, because like, people, if you think about people, it, it might have been like a whole big publicity stunt, just like sell music. It's like, oh hey, now this is dangerous, so it's going to calm down, Alex Jones. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, yeah. At the same time, <laughs> you know, like everyone wins out. Yeah. In a way. 
but like he was he was saying like they're gonna do that great we're just gonna and that's what it did because a lot of record sales actually boosted through the fucking roof after oh, dude, that i'm sure because you get some curious you saw like a lot 16. of bands getting like a lot naughtier like aerosmith like i mean they're already like you know like hair metal light in some of their like lyrical content but well at that time fuck you loving an elevator yeah really yeah come on but uh it, all right we digress yeah, uh fair enough <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how it came to pass but and i don't know if it was the same day or two separate day or two days one following the other but uh john denver frank zappa and d snyder all came to bring testimony against uh the motion and they fucking all three of them wrecked it oh i'm sure wrecked it john denver just you know mr sunshine on my goddamn shoulders talking about how he is vehemently opposed to censorship of any sort uh you know let it be upon the listener to decide what they want etc etc and obviously Zappa took more of like the philo- philosophical stance, and then D. Snyder comes in. It was great too because you could tell he had a, had the whole shtick ready. Yep, yep. Like whips, <laughs> whips, whips the fucking like two pieces of paper folded four times out of his back pocket before he sits down, flips his hair, and he, and he just goes into it, which might have been the best example. Not just for like yeah metal, but and he even said in an interview he's like. You know, they expected this creep, this loser, this whatever. And he comes walking in, you know, all six foot four or whatever of him. Yeah, yeah, Big swinging yeah. dick, you know. <laughs> long fucking curly blonde hair, sunglasses. And he sat down and ripped it. And you could tell, like, there's certain times if you actually sit down and uh, watch and listen to the clips of all three of them. Every single time they cut back to, like, Tipper Gore or whoever the hell else is on the board of blah 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 and they just had this look on their face like uh 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 uh, 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 uh <laughs> like, like this just came at us and it's it's a it it's one of the greatest moments in music it really is like 20th century music history of it's, it's one of the greatest moments which still surprises me that there hasn't been anything like that as a direct confrontation against something like the MPAA. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Which, you know, the MPAA, for, if you don't know, is the ratings board for um, Hollywood films. Well, in American film in general. Yeah, yeah. And, well, any, any, basically any film that wants to get distributed whatsoever in the United States. And the funny thing about it, uh, Kirby Dick, the documentarian, did a documentary about this called um, This Film Was Not Yet Rated. I believe it came out in 2006, 2005, okay. 2006. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it was It was amongst a, a pretty solid wave of documentaries. Another one is Inside Deep Throat, which is a documentary I believe Ooh, I mentioned about. Yeah, yeah, about make, Watergate? No, about the making of the uh, pornographic film Deep Throat in Real? the 70s. Oh, okay. I was thinking yeah. Deep Throat from Watergate. <laughs> no, well, it's funny because they mention they mention the whole Watergate scandal. And, no, I mean, you kind of have to. I know that's famous. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, Bob Woodward, the one of the journalists that broke the story, was on there talking about how 
Deep Throat was a inside code name for like Deep Threat. And the guy who was Deep Throat, who basically no one except probably Alex Jones <laughs> knows by name, is the one that brought them the information that they ended up publishing in the Washington Post, talking about the break-in and et cetera, et cetera, and what ended up leading to the resignation of Richard Nixon. But uh, Kirby Dick, Kirby Dick, excuse me, uh, did a documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated, which is talking about the whole MPA ratings board and its influence over Hollywood throughout the last, at that point, it was probably 40 years because the MPAA was created out of the ruins of the Hayes Code, which the the Hayes Code... Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah. Well, and I know we're getting on the topic of censorship, but censorship and controversy usually go hand in hand. Yeah, no, no, definitely. If it's not peanut butter and jelly, it's peanut butter and bacon. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But it's still on wheat fucking bread. Thanks, Lars (laughs) and Napster. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! Damn it! I'm Lars. Yeah. You were fuck you were tape trading in the fucking late seventies, early eighties, dude. Don't talk about Napster. Yeah. Anyway. Eh, whatever. God damn it, Nate, you got me <laughs> off track. I had a roll going and then you're coming along like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a me. Nate the destroyer. I believe it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but um the Hayes Code was set up in the early thirties. Um, essentially to protect, in quotes, the American viewer because uh, early early filmmaking, it was essentially like you go to the theater and you're in a, a dark theater in the middle of the day with a lot of people that you have never seen or don't know. Mm-hmm. And you're watching something on screen that you've never seen before, like has never not seen by anyone before it's literally a brand new invention and it progressed and grass as far as the excess goes like into the 20s and 30s you know it ran with the times so you'd see a lot of nudity you see violence for no yeah. reason to it was I mean, in, you didn't have the internet back then so it's like you know well it was it was in it was yeah. the films in general though were mimicking what was happening during the day like yeah in that present time, like, you know, the bootlegging, political manipulation, um, you know, wild women, et cetera, et cetera. And what the, what the Hayes Code was, was essentially a runoff of, I think it was called the Catholic Defense League, which led to, uh, it was the uh, League of League of Purity or the <clears throat> something appeared. Like, what they essentially tried to do was, uh, command the code of entertainment that people were receiving. So instead of what was happening during, you know, the day to day life, you yeah, know, it's yeah. all about the slums and gangsters and like wasn't it like uh, during like the forties or whatever they had like a, a set of laws. That, like, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah. That's what it was. This was the Hayes Code. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, okay. that was yeah, set yeah, in yeah, the thirties. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. And that and, that, and what that was was a code of conduct for how movies were made. And they had a list of rules. You couldn't show this. You couldn't show this. Uh, you could show this. Uh, like no, no sex, no nudity, um, miscegenation, which is you know white woman, black man, black woman, white man. 
You couldn't show that on screen. Uh, black, uh, excuse me. Bad guys were black. Bad guy always wins. Good guys were white. Good guys always win. Um, for instance, in I believe it's Scarface, the original Scarface, nineteen thirty-two, by Howard Hawks with Paul Muni, which um, the eighty-three Scarface, which with Al Pacino. Happy birthday, Al Pacino! Happy today, birthday. today was his birthday. Um, was a remake of and a, a reinterpretation of yeah, that. Yeah. For instance, okay, <clears throat> there were two endings shot and released with that film at certain points. One of which has Tony Camato, who is the original gangster, played by Paul Mooney. It shows him being shot dead in the street. The other um, release. The ending had him coming forward to the judge to be sentenced to prison for his crimes. Okay. You know, for instance. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, like, it, it brought that kind of, like, Lee of right of purity, that kind of, like, wholesome, good American thing that people in the 40s and 50s ended up growing up with. Now, there were outliers. You know, some of Elliot Kazan's work, for instance, with, you know, Streetcar Named Desire on the waterfront and whatnot were you know archetype examples now that the history has passed of you know, kind of like breakaway points from that where they were able to show what real life was but doing it within the the code of conduct that the Hayes code set forth yeah and so that's why you you see a lot of like classic hollywood films they're dated you oh, know, yeah. for as much as they are necessary, oh, for yeah. as great as a lot of them are, and for, you know, You're as, as cherished as they are, yeah. they're completely dated because they had to abide by the, that, that that standard that was set forth. And that was because those early films in the 20s and 30s were just so outlandish to the public that people wrote in and complained, and someone has to do something about this. Like, this is promoting the the hooliganism and you know the debauchery and yeah you know it's the wild west but it's present day it's you know and all that horse shit well if you think about it like uh wild west was just kind of like you know the wild west because of movies well that's yeah you know honestly dude that's actually a great point because it led to the, the whole standards by which movies had to abide by led to that depiction of like sort of this false Americana. Yeah. Yeah. You know how the West was one, you know, cowboys and Indians, that kind of shit. And this, and that led into going on into like the fifties that led to like the Doris day rock Hudson movies. Like you'd see, uh, couples sleeping in separate beds in the same room. Yeah. Uh huh. Like oh that yeah. False. Yeah. Wholesome Americana, you know, uh, Harry, uh, we're fucking... gonna push the beds together. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> and there were outliers, but when the Hayes Code or and when the original studio started falling in the '60s, that led to the New Hollywood, yeah, which we yeah. had in the '70s. You know, late '60s to about '80, 80, '84, depending on how far you want to take it. You know, and that led to you know Scorsese and De Palma and, and Coppola and early Spielberg and uh, Monty Hellman and Bogdanovich and Freakin and Jerry Schatzberg and God and the whole Roger Corman crew 
uh, Henry or excuse me, Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, dude. Uh, just you know the whole Jack Hill, Pam Greer, like like whoever whoever the fuck you want to throw into that mix. That's what that led to. And then once that abolished itself, essentially, they brought the MPA in in full force and decided once again that the studios were going to reign supreme over the production of films. But <clears throat> and in all those cases that I've rambled, just rambled through, the biggest twist and turn is um, the public's taste. Oh, yeah. It, it always always has been like throughout all of entertainment. That's the biggest twist is the public's taste. The public decides, in essence, I guess, like what is controversial, what is necessary, what do they want to watch, what they want to listen to. Yeah, that's where that's always how it's gonna go. It really is, and you know, like top forty list. What what goes up there? What they're listening to, but also at the same time, the the flip side of that coin is Neil Macaulay would say, is what's given to them, because I I, I do believe it is an an example of, you know, the whole nature versus nurture thing. Yeah, it's definitely a case yeah. of nurture where what's fed to them is what they're gonna know. You know, like. You grow up on a steady diet of John Wayne and fucking Yeehaw and Chuck Connors and the Rifleman and the Virginian and stuff like that. That's what that's the idea of America you're gonna know. Oh yeah. You know, not not to sample just that out, but like that's part of a grand or much more grand scheme of things, you know. That's what I find funny about now is we are literally swimming in a pool of content and information is ridiculous oh i mean it cannot be stated yeah, enough it is absolutely ridiculous and still whatever controversy comes out of it is seems contrived it seems depraved of its actual girth and its actual yeah. you know you know it's this it's no longer it doesn't seem like anyone's poking at anyone on the side because there's so much out there for someone to be just like, oh, that's that's the one, that's the one thing, or someone said that. Like, what? Where are you picking? And the funny thing about now is, I say there's no controversy now or no controversial material. There is, but it just it just floats away. Maybe that's the way yeah. it's been. Maybe maybe, maybe like I don't the, know. Maybe we're just we like so desensitized to it at this point. Well, there's like, that, but yeah. it's like. <laughs> You know, we didn't live back when whatever album, whatever book or whatever movie or whatever public figure, you know, said something or did something and the public reacted to it. Maybe it was just like that where, you know, it was hot for a minute and then it just kind yeah. of just floated away. Yeah, I feel like people like constantly forget that they were offended to things and they get either like they forget about it entirely or they get reoffended by it later at it, some point it just seemed to mean something <laughs> yeah it just seemed to mean something when someone said something which is another thing like like who was the last like public figure that did that yeah. like like i mean we can reel off artists or non-artists or whoever i feel but, like, like there's a lot of great figure. films that came out of the nixon era oh they're 
There was a lot of great things that came out yeah. of the Nixon era. But I would like like now. It like, like really polarized things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely, 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 definitely. But like now it's like like it's every week it's a flavor of the month kind of thing. Yeah. And I like what's something that's because even in the fucking nineties they had OJ. Oh, they had the Menendez yeah. brothers, they had mm-hmm. John Wayne Bobbitt, they had whatever, like Kirk Cobain. World Combat. Yeah. Arcade game more so than movie. Video games are making everyone <laughs> violent. Like, yeah. <laughs> I saw some shit like they're still harping on that. They're oh, still, yeah. And it's like. And Doom. <laughs> well, and it's just. Yeah. A, the thing is, is, like the real controversy, if you want to get down to like the public arena, is what's going on behind the scenes. It's, you know, it might be the PC culture. It might be that. But at the, for me, it, it's government stuff. Like, like the fact, like, not even a harp on the Mueller, uh, Mueller report, but like we literally have a president who is, like, should be impeached. Yeah. Like, just on the bounds of yeah. It's just what's it's irresponsible as fuck, like, before he got elected. And I'm not even, you know? like, not even trying to, like, oh, fuck Trump or whatever, but, like, that's an example. Yeah. It's like, he should have been president in the first place. Like. Uh, fuck all that. Like, like the whole. You know. Like, I. Fuck all that, like the whole process of how he got there and blah blah blah, but like, r- like literally right now we we have that at, at, like just right now, and it's just kind of like oh yeah that's going on, like and I'm not just signaling that out as like a fuck Trump moment, yeah, but yeah. that's happening right now, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, like how, you know, how like I was wondering like how what's gonna broadside up people. Up? Like I was wondering, like how long, how fucked up it would get up to in my lifetime. I guess. You know oh, I've been there. Yeah. I remember. I remember having like, that yeah, way. Yeah, like nothing surprises me anymore. It's like it just gets like more and more fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think too is that like there's there's really no controversy anymore. Yeah. Which is great in a way because we're you would think that people are over the idea of getting in cahoots about some dumb shit but at the same time the <laughs> the time we're living in yeah it's either everyone's getting in cahoots about some really dumb shit or no one gives a shit at all yeah. hey killer be killed <laughs> it's baby fucking hilarious <laughs> it really is hilarious it's absolutely just mind-blowing that, like the fact that it's come it's come this far but it still feels just a little bit short <laughs> yep but all right, folks. I think we've talked to you all for this hour. Appreciate you coming by. We can keep rambling about all this nonsense, but I think Nate, I think we're onto something. I think we might make be able to make a uh, a dead Dateline series out of this. Oh yes, definitely. Controversy. Controv. Ursi. Ursi. All right, folks. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening in. Appreciate it. Uh, Moon Tower Podcast on the uh, iTunes Podcast Network. Also, also on the Facebook. Search the Moon Tower Podcast. Instagram. European Ian. Twitters. On the Twitters. On the uh, Instagram. And the uh, the old SoundCloud. So, uh, folks, we will leave you off with another new track from our good friend Satterboy. This track is called Eleven. And until next time. Be good. Peace out, babies.